Test one, two. What's up, family? Y'all ready for some uh, bread from heaven? I'll let y'all gather your seats. I'll give you a moment. While I do that, uh, guys want to hear a joke? I may not be as funny as Pastor Gary. I don't know if he's here, but bring it on. All right, there was a little kid who wanted a bicycle. He wanted a BMX bicycle. So he told his daddy, Daddy, I want a BMX bicycle. And his daddy says, you know what, I'm so, we know we're poor. You know, we, we got no funds. Why don't you pray to baby Jesus? Pray to baby Jesus and ask Jesus for a BMX bicycle. So he goes and he, he gets his, his prayer list together and he says, Jesus, dear baby Jesus, I promise I'll be good for one month if you give me this BMX bicycle. So then he's like, oh my goodness, uh, I'm messing up already. Scratch that. Let me write another prayer. He says, dear baby Jesus, I promise that if you give me a BMX bicycle, I'll be good for one week. And he realized, oh my gosh, this is impossible. So he scratches that, throws the paper in the garbage. He says, dear baby Jesus, I promise that if you get me a BMX bicycle, I'll be good for one whole day. Then he gets in trouble with his mother. He's like, ah, grabs a paper, throws away. Walks down the living room, sees on the shelf a statue of Mary. Says, okay. Grabs the statue of Mary, runs to his room, puts the statue in a drawer, goes back to his prayer list. Dear baby Jesus, if you ever, if you ever want to see your mother again, It was all right? Did I do good? Uh, uh, awesome, awesome. Living in wonderful times. God is good. God is so good. Wow. I'm just so glad that my, our relationship with God is not based upon what we have to keep doing. It's so... Uh, based upon what he has already done. Amen? I mean, religion's cross says, keep it up, keep it up. You know, eventually you'll get to where God wants you to be. But God's cross says, I already brought you to the place where you need to be. Amen? So today's, I know we have a series, bodybuilding. And, uh, Today's message that, you know, God put on my heart was basically this. You can roll a tape. Today's message of the day is things up and put them down. One time. I lift things up and put them down. I lift things up and put them down. <laughs> I, lift things. I lift things up and I put them down. I lift things up and I put them down. Bodybuilding. We lift things up and we put them down. You see, along my journey with God, 
I find myself lifting up so many things that I just need to put down. Things that were unnecessary in my walk, things, were, things that were just hindrances, things that I was taught to pick up that I had to actually move forward with in my Christian walk, but eventually discovering that I needed to put them down. It brings me to mind about, seeing the Bible in Luke chapter 15, Jesus begins to speak about the lost sheep. You know, if he loses, you know, one out of the 99, he goes and he finds it. And then he talks about the woman who has lost her coin, sweeps the house, and eventually she goes, finds it. And then, this is my point, then he talks about the lost son. The lost son. Many of us know it as the prodigal son. And all of this whole context that Jesus is explaining what's lost, you can never be lost unless you truly belong to something. You can never really be lost without truly being valued by someone. And we go back to how Jesus, his perspective and his heart and his desire is for us. And so we go into the prodigal son. And uh, this is in Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son is someone who walks up to his father and says, Dad, you know, give me what's due to me. You know, give me my inheritance right now. You know, he's excited. You know, he's in the family. You know, he has a brother and a father. So his father says, all right. He divides his estate, or he divides the portion. He gives the portion that's due to the younger brother, and then he gives the rest of the portion that's due to the older brother. So what happens is, is that because of the lack of discipline, the younger brother gets that portion, and he's like, oh, wow, I got all this, I got all this money now. He actually gave it to me. Oh, man, what am I going to do? So he heads out to a far distant land. And what does he do? The Bible says that he squanders or he, he, he makes it rain on so many strippers. He starts, you know, he just starts buying bottles of Moet and, and you, know, you know, he just goes in. He just goes in and he gets it all. He gets it all in. And what happens is, his money starts, his paper starts going lower and lower, and the friends start leaving. Next thing you know, the Bible says a famine hits the land. You know, they got no food there, no nothing, and he got nothing. Everything is gone at this point. What does he do? He finds a job feeding pigs. He's in the mud with the pigs. He's feeding the pigs. He's doing all that stuff. And his stomach, he's just so hungry. He's looking at the, the, the darn food that the pigs are eating, the corn or the slop. And he's licking his lips like, dang, I, I'm ready to, you know, dig my teeth into some of that because I'm so hungry. But then he comes to himself, the Bible says. He realizes that, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? There are servants that are in my father's house who have room and board. Three hots in a cot. They're doing good, and I'm over here starving, about to die. 
you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I I'm going to I'm going to make up this plan. You know, I'm so freaking miserable. I hate myself. What did I get myself into? You know, I, I I'm going to tell my father I'm not worthy to be his son no more. I'm not worthy to be anything, but just please accept me as one of these hired men and I'll work for my living again. I'm going to go. So he goes home. And as soon as he I guess comes over the hill, his father is looking out the window, just hoping one day that his son will come back. And right then and there, you just see the, the expression or the heart of the father at that point concerning his son who was in a sinful state. He's just looking. His heart is just beating. He's just wondering, when is my, where's my baby boy at right now, you know? Sometimes trying to fight back the tears, like, I just, want my, I just want my boy home, you know, I just, and then all of a sudden he sees his boy coming across over the mountain and coming down. He says, is that, is that my boy? He throws open, he starts running towards his baby boy, and his son rehearsed the speech. As soon as his father sees him, he wraps his arms around his boy and he gets so excited. He just releases his love on his son. And his son steps back and says, Dad, you know, you know I, I'm not worthy. And he, he goes along with his, his rehearsal speech, you know, everything he rehearses. He says, Dad, I'm not worthy to be, be called a son. You know what? I, 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 just, just make me as one of these hired men. He, and father wasn't even listening. The father said, go get the ring, go get a new robe. My son was dead, now my son is alive. Let's get the fatted calf, let's slaughter that thing, let's have this jam, let's have this party. He's here. And what totally blessed me about that is that the prodigal son image of himself because he was a sin didn't change who he was in God's eyes. Because you're going through what you're going through is not changing the reference in God's eyes about who you are. Even though sometimes we spend in prayer so focused on our sin, saying, God, you know what? You know, I'm not worthy, God. I'm not worthy, but I'm just glad you did it. Please forgive me of this. Please forgive me of that. God just wants to embrace you and love you and to speak identity into you. But what happens is, is because we got that kind of a sin focus and saying, God, you know what, I, I, I'm a word, uh, I, I'm a worm, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so, you know, I'm, I'm below my standard, you know, I'll do anything, I'll work for you, I'll give out tracts for you, you want me to work in, the, in, in, in this ministry, you want me to work in that ministry, yeah, God, I, I'll do anything for you because I feel so, you know, I, I need to do something, I need to do something. What we need to do is realize the heart of the Papa. And the heart of the Papa, the heart of God, is not focused on what you're not. The heart of God was focused on what he was. And because it was focused on what he was, he began to address that put the robe on him, put the ring on him, slaughtered a fatted calf. He did everything in his power at that point to show him that, listen, your sin focus is not my focus. The way you see yourself is not the way I see you. You've picked that up. 
you need to put that down. You've walked through the land and you squandered your money. You hate yourself. You don't like yourself. You keep going around the merry-go-round of sin, wondering how you're going to get out, coming before me with all these things on your mind, but you're robbing yourself of the intimacy and the love that we should be having together. And that intimacy and that love is the Papa's main focus, is God's main focus. But then when all of that was happening, the older brother comes along, you know, he's like, yeah, I did my work in the house, you know, uh, I did good, Papa's going to like me, I did all this work in the house. You know, we can do all the work in the house of the garden, uh, house of God and still be lost and don't know where we are. You can be involved with so much ministries, you can be involved with planting so many churches, you can be involved with doing things that you think Papa wants, but the first thing Papa wants is for you to love and connect with him. It's like looking for the hand clap and the approval of Papa through works that he's already done for you. So religion deceives us and brings us in a position where now, oh, you know what he said to his father? He said, oh, look at him. You know what he was doing? He was spending all his money in the strip clubs on these halls, getting these lap dances and all of that stuff. And that's all right. God, God loves everybody. But he tried to judge him because he thought he was better than him because he was working and the, and the brother was out in his sin. Meanwhile, when the brother was lost, he was lost himself because he wasn't connected to the identity of God, his own, his own self. Because the father said, listen, your brother was dead, now he's alive. He said, yeah, but God, you know what? You're slaughtering the fatted calf, but you never even gave me one calf to spend with my friends, and I've been doing all these things for you. God, I've been serving in ministry, and why, does, why are you giving them a husband, and I don't even got my husband yet? Why do they have a wife and I ain't even got my wife yet? Why do they got a good job and I don't even got a job yet? Why are they singing or why are they in this ministry? And I've been trying to show people what I can do, how I can do this better, how I can do that better. And why I ain't over here yet? Why haven't you lifted me up yet? Why I ain't in this position yet? You know, I've been trying all these years. I've been saved for 15 years and 20 years, and I've been doing all this, and I'm holy and sanctified, God. But his father said, all I have is already yours. You wanted a fatted calf? Everything, is here. Everything that's mine is yours already. So the older brother had a law focus. He's focusing on every day. I mean, I had this focus myself. Like, you know, I'm walking, you know, in my walk with God, and I'm totally focused and concentrated on making sure that I avoid this, making sure that I'm working right here, making sure that, you know, and it's totally consuming my awareness to the point where all I am focusing on is not making a mistake. Oh, well, God will judge you. Well, God will this. I've got to make sure that, you know, I keep my focus right. I've got to make sure that I don't fall into this sin. I've got to make sure that, you know, I'm doing all these things right so that I can be approved. I've got to make sure, you know, that I'm, I'm doing everything together. But the law focus was the wrong focus. 
The father said, everything I had is yours. Were you in my position? You're with me. You're connected with me. You're in union with me. But because you have this kind of a focus and awareness, you disconnect yourself from me. And every time you pray, you pray like you lack something. But in me, you lack nothing when you're in union with me. What do you lack? Oh, God, please, you know, I just need to go to the next conference, you know. You know, oh, man, God, give me some more fire, God, more fire. Oh, God, please, you know what? You know, I, I, I just need to pray a little bit more today. You know, I just got to make sure that I give out. You know what? Christian activities to bring yourself and lift yourself into a position. Activities that try to make you in your own strength produce what's divine and qualify you for the divine is something that is a waste of your time. Because you're in connection with the union of God. He's including you, including you into who he is. You are one with him. How? God, how can I get, I want to get so one with you. I want to get so close to you. God, I want to, I want to, I want to be so close to you. God, I, I, I just want to pray. You, you were already close. You're in that union. And now the thing is, is that when we are such focused on the law and the things that we need to keep doing, and I want to emphasize that faith without works is dead. There is works that when God says you are something, because even God's gift to you, I mean, we can move in prophecy, we can move in gifts, the gifts of healing, but the greatest gift of to, that, that God wants to give to you is who you are. It's a gift. Your identity is a gift. And that's the greatest thing that we need to learn how to embrace and accept. Aside from that, when we move to works of the law, we push ourselves into efforts and behaviors and to patterns that the Bible calls dead works. Now, let me explain this to you. In the Old Testament, they had to, you know, this is the Passover, kill this lamb. And you know what? This is the feast of trumpets. Blow the trumpets. Let's have a feast. You know, this, you know what? Atonement every year, atonement every year. But the Bible says, also says that when you came before the priest to make atonement or you did all of these rituals or, or, or these, these works of the law, what it did was to keep you focused on your sin year by year. It never removed your guilt. It never removed your shame. It never did any of that for you. Because all that was was a type and a shadow, a prophetic type and a shadow of what was to come. Now, what shadow, what was to come? Jesus said, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Here I am. He told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, thinking that in them, and I like the, the message, the message said, you got your heads stuck in your Bibles. Thinking that in them you'll find eternal life. But it points to me, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It points to me, but you won't come to me that you might have this life. You continue in your own rituals, but here I am trying to show you that I am, that I am, that I am. And I want to show you that you are, that you are, that you are, but you keep following shadows all your life. 
It's a prophetic shadow and picture. The law brought you into a knowledge of your false identity. Sin, hamatia. Remember I said the last time. Hamatia, false pattern, false form, false identity. Missing the mark of your true identity. It brought you to make you aware about that. And then it, 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 it provoked the works of the law. But the Bible says law, and I just want to emphasize, the law is good, you know. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. But picture this. I got a newborn baby. Let's say I have a newborn baby. I pick my baby up for the first time. I look my baby in the face. And I say, if you really want to get to me, you better not steal from me. You better not say my name in vain. You better not commit adultery because I will cut you off. You better not, you better not, you better not, law, law, law. Is that the true heart of God? Law is a distraction to intimacy. If you were in a marriage or a relationship where you couldn't get no love unless you had to do A, B, and C first, where's the intimacy in that? If you were in a, in, in a, in a relationship with your mother and father and, and they said, you know, you have to do A, B, and C in order for you to get into a relationship, where's the intimacy in that? See, the law was a prophetic type and shadow of what was to come. Now the substance is here. The substance actually reveals the same substance that you are. So you no longer have to work to try to become something. You can become what you already are. No more shadows of works. You can actually become the substance of Christ here and now in this world. But how, you know, how... Yo, forget, forget, forget the how. Jesus is the how. Forget the hows. Forget the cows. Forget all of that stuff. What's most important is the heart and the intention of the true gospel of God. The gospel says, you know what? Me as God. Jesus as God. I need to deal with this sin. I need to deal with this sin. It didn't get me by surprise. It didn't trick me. It didn't throw me off. It didn't have me in a, whoa, what am I going to do now, state? I know the end from the beginning, so now I know what I need to do. What is it that I need to do? I'm going to judge and deal with this sin without destroying the ones that I love. I'm going to become the man. And I'm going to accept all of that judgment upon me. Jesus needs to deal with your sickness. You know what? Stay to the side. As a man, I take that upon me. Jesus needs to deal with your old man who employed sin. God, I take their old man, old Adamic race, and I nail it to the cross with me. I eliminate a whole race of people to establish the new creatures in Christ. I being the firstborn among many brethren. 
So now, Jesus as God takes upon himself the responsibility as man, representing all mankind. So when he died and he dealt with what he dealt with, he dealt with it as a man. In representation of all humanity. So that we can be in Christ. Of his doing, not your doing. Now what's it mean to be in Christ? The Bible says, in him we live, we move, we have our being. That word in actually means my original position in a relation to rest. This is where I am. This is the place of my movement and motion. So if I can understand and allow God to pour into me who I am, pour into me identity, to pour into me how he sees me, how my faith could come alive when I see that his faith, how he believes, what he believes about me, how he sees me. When I allow myself to embrace that, to, to, to allow that word to, to awaken the faith in me, then from that point on, that point on, here I am, the substance of God, what God always desired of me. So now the prodigal son, the older brother, are coming more into an awareness through what the papa was trying to tell them and what the papa is trying to tell us. Because I've been in both positions. I've been in both positions. I've been so sin-focused, so aware of, of what I'm not doing right, I'm actually robbing myself of what I actually should be. And today, if you're so focused about how I need to continue to produce, I need to continue to keep focusing on, on what I need to focus on, I need to keep, you know, a, a, as far as that work is concerned, if you're focused in that area like that, you're robbing yourself of the intimacy. God gives us one command, most important, who knows? He said, love the Lord thy God. Love is a fruit of the Spirit, it's intimacy. It's something that you feel in your emotions. It's something that when we raise our hands, we don't feel the finger wiggle of God, we feel the embrace and the hug of God. Love God, all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He gives us that love to love him. He gives us that love to love them. He gives us the love. He gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But love was the command. Love me with all your heart mind, soul, and strength. Have you ever been so in love with someone that it's kind of like when God says, seek my face, your face I will seek. That word seek means a touching with my emotions and embracing, and the face means presence. Seek my face, presence, presence me, enjoy me, learn my nature. Don't try to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your own strength. I got to be patient. I got to be joyful. No, as you yield to all that I am in you, 
the fruit, as you plant yourself in me, the fruit of what's necessary at that appointed time will come forth. When I'm trying to be self-controlled, self-controlled is not a fruit of Miguel. Self-control is a fruit of my union with God. We're so in union with God. That's what the incarnation is. God in the flesh. In carne, it's a Latin word, carne, in the carne, God in the flesh. God is in the flesh, but now the incarnation continues in you because he's actually in your flesh, feeding and providing you all things that pertain to life and godliness. But how do, I, how do I connect? How do I connect? How do I, you know what, you know, because when, when I see certain things come in my life, you know, and I totally just, you know, first of all, you know, you're still, you're still focused on what you got to do, Lord, older brother, still focused on sin. Sin gets its power from law. Then we yield our members, meaning we, we, just, we just give our, 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 ourselves over to it. But if we look on the other side, we can yield ourselves to the Spirit of God in us. I mean, there's a, the, 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 I, Gary has these conferences, and that's one of the things that I love to teach in the conferences is the how-to. Because somebody can say, love your, love your neighbor, forgive. You, you better forgive, brother. You better forgive. And then all of a sudden, you know, you better take up your cross. And then all of a sudden, here comes the older brother in us again. You know what? I, I got to forgive you. You know what? I got to forgive you. Get the hell out of my face right now because I'm about to hit you. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, we, 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 get, we get crazy. But if I no longer live, Galatians 2.20, Christ lives in me. Then that means that I no longer love. Christ loves in me. I no longer forgive. Christ, through the grace of forgiveness, forgives through me. It's in that union, in that connection, that that's why everything that you're going through in life, you're never alone because he's in it and going through it with you because he lives in you. Because you're not alone. You never will be. The depression you face, the, the, the sickness you face, the situations you face, God is actually facing it with you right now. And the expectation that you will awaken to what was already done. To what was already done. Now it's a joy and an honor for you to see yourself the way he sees you. You're not a worm, no longer Oh, man, you know, we, we, we got to dissect this thing from songs. We got to dissect this thing from Christian books. We got to dissect this thing from devotionals. We got to dissect this, this law-based mentality to become what we already are. It's infected the church. That's why we're in lack on our knees crawling and begging God for the crumbs that when, when he has a whole table set before us in the presence of our enemies. And my challenge to build a body, because if you really want to build a body and build each other, we got to learn how to take the plank out of our own eye before we can take a, a, a little toothpick out of another person's eye. And your starting point, not climbing the ladder, but your starting point 
is in Christ. It's finished. When I think of the Nike sign, it says that you overcome, right? When it talks about that scripture, it says, you know, you're, you're, you're an overcomer. That, that word is actually N-I-K-E in the Greek, Nike, which means victory. So you'll be in victory, victory when you realize the victory already won for you. Every time you see a Nike sign, think about that. I'm already in victory. I'm a, I, I'm vic- because I'm in victory, you know what? You know what God told Moses? What the heck are you praying to me for? Pick up your rod and divide the sea. When you know who you are, there's no time to beg God, beg, please change this God, please change this God, please, please. No, you stand and you look at the situation and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command this to move. In the name of Jesus, I put this under my feet. In the name of Jesus, I I would not allow this. My focus and my awareness is upon Christ because in my union with him, I can spit forth flames at every demonic power that comes at me. There's no undefeated demons in this place right here. Everyone was defeated. So whatever is tormenting you, whatever temptation is trying to torment you, is trying to lie to you that you lack and you need this. But you lack nothing in Christ. Pick up your rod. Don't put it down. We're putting down what we, we should be picking up. Because the enemy is deceiving us and, you know, he's, he's, he's a little, he's a, he's a joke. Bible says when we see him at the last days, we're going to be like, is this the one who deceives the nations? And the Pee Wee Herman? So my challenge to you now is because Christ as God, as God, not as God, but as God, took upon himself as the man. Everything that it would ever bring, lack, distraction, a separation, a distance, because he's so in love with us that he wants us to be so in union with him. Because he did that, my challenge today I got this on wrong, don't I? Man. Ushers. Help. Help, man. (laughs) There we go. My man. My man. up I put them down I pick things up I put them down I'm gonna read a scripture to you it says Hebrews 12 1 therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off 
every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this to keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides the throne of, besides God's throne. Lay aside every weight and sin that so, so easily besets us. The prodigal son. This is my shame. I carried this for so long because I was insecure on how I looked. I was insecure because they called me stupid a lot. And all it caused me was to be so focused on what I'm not. Time to lay aside that weight. This is that guilt. I focused on guilt so long and you know what, I did that mistake for so long, and I know, I know that I hope one day that they will forgive me. I hope one day, God, for 20 years, I know I, 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 I did that to my, my husband or wife. I know I did that, but you know what, I, I just need, please, I know I come to you. This is the 40th time for forgiveness, but just please forgive me. I come to the altar 30 times to be saved, but please forgive me. You know, I, I, I don't want to be guilty no more. I, I, I'm, just so, I'm just so frustrated with, with who I am, you know. That weight is out of here. God, you know what? I, I'm just so tired of seeing myself this way and trying to fix myself, and I just can't fix myself. You know, I just can't. I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm just depressed at times. I just feel like I just, I just can't move forward. You know, I just, it just keeps attacking me. You know what? I just can't. I just, you know what I got to do now? What I got to do now? I got, let me, let me, let me get more books. Let me, let me read more. Let me get more book gymnastics. Let me, depression. That weight is gone. There's so many more things that we deal with that are weights that's not even sinful. Or I'm worrying about, you know, my, my children. You know, I'm worrying about my children. You don't got time for worry. You got time to worship because God is busy doing what he got to do behind the scenes. Father, Father, please, I'm lacking so many things. Maybe I should, you know, I don't know what my destiny is. I don't know where my place is in life. I don't know what I got to do. Honor God by embracing who you are. Matter of fact, let's take off the whole stinking old man. Because this is no longer who I am. Because every time we try to chase sin, 
We try to chase sin. It's like chasing a gopher hole, coming out of the gopher, coming out of the gopher. Come, where is that? Where is that? When we realize that, wait a minute, I got a freaking missile that'll blow the whole gopher up. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's the mirror image of what I actually am right now. Christ is the mirror showing you who you are at this exact moment of your life right now. So if you become aware of God and you show him, and you see him, and you feel nothing but peace, because the kingdom suffers violence. Violence take it by force. You feel the joy. You feel right, right identity, righteousness. There's going to be things that come to contradict but you got to be rooted in this one thing, this gift that God gives you, identity. Could we stand today? So I'm calling worship team. I just want to challenge you that if any of these things, there's so many things that I, I needed to pour out, and I know that there's a short time, especially I want to I wanna actually... I don't know, uh, you know, there's a how-to's. How do I connect? How do I do this? How do I do that? There's so many things that, you know, we can, we can pour in, but it's just such a limited amount of time. How to become aware, how to connect to the Spirit of God, or walk in the Spirit of God, the, the union with God. All of these things, you know, are like branches. We can branch out and discover, you know, so many wonderful things and, 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 and so, so much freedom in Christ to do that. But right now, I just want to, challenge you that if any of these things that I said, you know, relate, or even some things that I don't say, but you're just eager to just take this weight off of you, some things that you picked up, but you need to put them down. You might have picked up even a wrong relationship, you need to put it down. You might have picked up certain attitudes with your children, you need to put them down. You might have picked up one of these false images, but you need to put them down. So I want to call everyone, everyone who needs to put, who picks something up and put it down. I want you to come to the altar. I want to call the prayer team to the altar. The Bible says, awaken to righteousness, your right standing, who you are in God, and you will sin not. You will sin not. I'm putting down, because when you realize your own limitations, Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Weakness is not, oh, you know, I'm a worm, like I said before. No, weakness is knowing your limitation. We should know our limitation right now that you can't change even yourself. You can't change that. God already done that. That's a work of the cross. You can't change yourself. But when you embrace your limitation, grace arises and becomes available to you. So many of us are weak because we're trying to be strong, but then when we realize our limitations, then that's when actually strength and the grace of God actually comes and rises up in us and gives us that kind of an ability that we won't have other than our union with him. So I challenge you now, come down. You picked it up, put it down. 
You pick that up, put it down. You, you own sickness. Sometimes we as believers, we can own anything. The devil presents something to you. You say, oh my goodness, you know, I'm getting, I, 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 every year I get allergies or every year I get, I get these, this flu. You don't, you don't have to submit to that belief. You don't have to own that. You don't have to own even who you think you are. You can own what God says. You don't have to own that sickness. That's something paid for right here. If you awaken and realize what was done here, what was done in the spirit, then what was done in the spirit can hit your natural right now. The cross is a manifestation of what already happened in the spirit. So if you see what already happens in the spirit, how you are already free, how you don't have to go through step one, step two, step three, that you don't have to do those things to become free. All you got to do is see. The truth will make you free. The reality of what he's done will make you free. What you picked up, put it down. 